You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. The lover of our soul, the owner of our lives, the one that completes us, the one in whom we live, we move and we have our very existence our beginning, our end, and everything in between. Father, we thank you. We love you. We acknowledge that you are God above all, and there is no one like you. Nothing, no one compares to you. You are higher, you are bigger, you are greater than any situation, than any circumstance, than anything we can ever imagine. You are greater. You are greater, and we thank you. We thank you that in all your greatness, you love us enough to still be our Father. That we can call you our Father is such a huge privilege, and we are grateful. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving offered this morning, because it has ascended to you as a sweet-smelling savor. So, Father, we ask, that you continue with us. Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear from you. Grant us the grace to walk with you. To not be hearers of your word only, but doers. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And the church says a big amen. Amen. Put those hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning, family. This is it. Happy New Year. Yes, for the benefit of those who weren't with us at the crossover service, Happy New Year. We welcome everyone to church, and I welcome everyone worshiping online. All right, um, multimedia, our timer is not on again, so let me just use my phone. All right. Um, it's really exciting to have everyone in church this morning and everyone who's worshiping online. So can you please help me welcome the person sitting beside you? You all look very lovely. At least the people that I can see with the benefit of uh, the distance of the ray of light so far. You all look absolutely amazing. So I see some people decided to be like me, wear native once a year. Amen. <laughs> this feels like a lot of work. My husband had to help me tie the wrapper, and the way we were struggling, you would have thought it was something else beyond just trying to tie a wrapper. But we thank God. We made it. We made it. But you all look absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I'll just do a quick housekeeping, and we'll get into the word. But before that, I wanted you to help me welcome the person sitting beside you. Just say hi to them. Tell them, Happy New Year. Tell them it's great to be sitting beside them. Tell them that you are excited for what this new year holds for them, not for yourself. Everything is about the person seated beside you today. Tell them they look absolutely gorgeous. They look fabulous. Yes, and it's not a lie. Now turn to that person that you did not say anything to on the other side. Yes, that one that you ignored. Tell them they look absolutely amazing. And tell them that you love them. 
I love you. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm also very excited, not only because it's the start of a new year. Um, the crossover service was beautiful. Yes. And then we partied afterwards. Amen. Yes. So if you missed the service, please catch up on YouTube. Yeah, at LifePoint NG. You can watch them, the, the messages. You can, you know, follow the prayer sessions in there. Pastor Godman gave us a word and it was so spot on. Um, I'm still reeling and still dealing and, you know, just chewing on the word. Okay, and I encourage everyone, even if you were here at the watch night service or the crossover service, I encourage you to please go and listen to the um, replay again, listen to the word again, and, and just keep praying those prayers. This year is different. It's the best one ever. The best one yet, so far. Amen? Yes. All right, another reason why I'm very excited is because Life Point turns six tomorrow. Yes. Yes, it's been an interesting and beautiful journey. And I have a little love note here that I have written. And with your permission, I would like to read it to everyone. Yeah? All right, so dearest LifePoint family, today we celebrate God's faithfulness, his extreme kindness, and his abundant grace as we are launched into chapter six. It has been six years of love, light, warmth, years of growth, impact, and relevance. We have seen the Father at work, and we are deeply grateful. To him alone be all praise and glory. I'm grateful for our evolving culture of faith, vulnerability, honor, and love. I am grateful for the gift of music that heals, that comforts, and restores. I thank you for being a part of this commission in whatever capacity. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for loving God and loving his people. Thank you for playing your part. The love in this house is real, it's deep, and it's powerful. I'm grateful and I want to thank every co-laborer in this family, our amazing pastors and ministers, every leader here, and our A-star workforce. Thank you for the sacrifices and labor of love. God bless and reward you abundantly. Life point, the future is bright. We remain God lovers, Jesus followers, modeling his life and spreading his fragrance in our generation through the works of our hands, through our lifestyle, and all that we embody. We are an army about our father's business, a movement of young people adorned with a coat of many colors, with relevant expressions in ministry giftings, in business, in industry and commerce, as nation builders. It is a new day and we emerge into all the Father has called us to be. So on this note, happy birthday, Life Point. I love you all and I am grateful for the gift of each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. Uh, God grant you peace in all of your ways. Amen. Amen. So can we just shout happy birthday, Life Point? Yes, happy birthday, Life Point. Um, congratulations to us all. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get into the word. I needed to get that done quickly so I don't forget to do it. 
So, but for the benefit of someone who wasn't here or the people who weren't here at crossover service, I'll just do a very, very short recap of um, the message we listened to because we are building on that. Now, our theme for this year across all of the Elevation churches is Emerge. Can we say that together? Emerge. Emerge. So I need someone to say, I am emerging into the fullness of all that God has created me to be. Yes. So, uh, Pastor Godman spoke to us about living above crisis in 2022. Essentially, the levels of crisis that we've experienced thus far in our world may not necessarily abate, but there is a power and there is a wisdom to be able to live above uh, crisis. Um, we are moving from obscurity into visibility. And three things that he focused on, one is the, or three instructions, if I may call them that. One is the need for us to put our life in order. We need to put our lives in order. We need to prepare for a season of fruitfulness, okay? The second thing is that we need to place our absolute trust and dependency in God in this season. We need to be sensitive to his voice and his instructions. And the third thing is that we need to live by revelation. We need to emerge by revelation. Our solution or approach towards emergence in this season would be by revelation. And that's where I want to build from uh, this morning, okay? So I've titled today's message, My Way or the Highway. My Way or the Highway. Because I know that one of the things that we all do naturally as human beings, as we prepare for a new season, is that we make plans you know, we write out our goals. We prayed over our goals on, on Friday as well. But we have these plans. We have these goals that we commit into God's hands. And as the year begins to start, you know, this is day two already. Um, there's a likelihood that you start to feel a little flustered by the end of the first month, the second month. And you're thinking, is God really on top of this? Does God really have my back on this matter? Should I begin to consider other alternatives? So this is my way or the highway. Because to be able to emerge successfully the way God intended, we need to um, glean from his word. We need to understand how he has shaped this season to be. I'll read from Proverbs 4, 18 to 19, the Passion Translation. It says, but the lovers of God walk on the highway of light. The lovers of God walk on the highway of light and their way shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. But the wicked walk in thick darkness like those who travel in fog and yet don't have a clue why they keep stumbling. That will not be us in Jesus' name. Because we are lovers of God. We are those that walk on the highway of light. All right. Now, a, a word that jumps out there in that scripture is the word or two words, there's light and there's darkness, yeah? There's the highway of light, and it's compared with those who walk in darkness and how it is that their faces are veiled and how it is that it's as if there's a fog of darkness just hovering around them. There's, they lack clarity, they lack precision, they stumble around, yeah? One person whose story we're going to just do a little deep dive on or into today is the story of Jabez and we'll pray a bit from that scripture but we see his story I mean that's about the only time he's mentioned in scripture first chronicles chapter four the beginning of that chapter four starts with and this person begats okay sorry that's the KJV version 
This person gave birth to this person, and this person gave birth to this person, and this person gave birth to this person, and then we get to verse, what is it now? Verse 9, verse nine and it just switches and tells us there was a man called Jabez. He was more honorable than his brothers. We'll look into that scripture a bit more, but just hold Jabez's matter on your hand there, and, and, and let's move on. Now, something very instructive that PG said, and I had the privilege of doing a little deep dive on Saturday morning with one of my mentors. He did mention the fact that we as human beings, we are bundles of buttons, yeah? How many people remember that if you're in service? Yeah. He says we are bundles of buttons when he was leading us to pray, um, and each button is to be pressed. So there are buttons that have remained inactive. They've not been activated. They are disabled until they are pressed before we are launched into a, a new dimension or a new experience. And for us to emerge into new vistas of expression this year, certain buttons need to be activated in us. You know, and in my deep dive Saturday morning with my mentor, he was explaining how that, look, the, the analogy PG used was you would come into a room. So for example, we have the lights on here this microphone is functioning because certain buttons have been pressed. When I picked up the mic there, I had to turn it on to be able to use it and be audible enough. Um, if someone who is not familiar with a microphone came and we handed him this microphone or we invited someone who's not familiar with the workings of this facility and we asked them to manage this facility, they will struggle on the first day except somebody takes them through, right? If I asked you to turn on the stage lights, I'm sure you probably have no idea where that is located, right? Exactly. Now, to be able to activate these buttons, there is what is important, which is knowledge. You must know where the button is to press it, yeah? And so we spent quite a significant amount of time on Friday just praying for divine activation, that the Holy Spirit will activate those buttons in us. But as I spent time just studying and meditating on, on that conversation and, you know, just the entire Friday experience, certain things came to light. Now, I'll read, read again from, well, I would read from Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 2. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Again, that word darkness, we see it again in Isaiah 60 here. It says darkness will cover the earth, but the kind of darkness that will cover the people is even worse. It's gross. It's, it's, it's deeper than the one that the earth will be saturated in. And in case somebody here is just picturing darkness as pitch black, it's okay. However, it's beyond that. It is a veiling. It is that people's um, faces, people's hearts, people's minds will be covered that they would not be able to. And, and, and scripture elucidates this further for us. There's several scriptures that I, I won't be able to read everything, but I would encourage you to just go home and do a, a bit of um, research on scriptures that pertain to darkness and to light. You know, Isaiah 9 will speak about you know, the people who are in, in a particular place who have been covered in darkness have seen a great light when the prophet Isaiah was announcing the, the coming of Jesus, you know. Um, Deep darkness, again, just refers to a veiling of hearts and minds. A veiling of hearts and minds. So for us to emerge in this year, we need light. We need light. You need to say to your neighbor for me, you need light. You need light. Light is so critical. Because light 
we, we, we assume that light, okay, let me put it this way. Light dispels darkness. Absolutely correct. However, when you take light away from this room, if we turn off the lights, what do we have? Darkness. When we turn on the lights, what do we have? Does the darkness leave per se? Exactly. So it is the presence of light that dispels darkness. When all of us here as lights, when we light up our world, we reduce the impact of darkness. Almost non-existence where light shines brightly. So in your community, in your sphere of influence, in your office, when you are lit up and you shine brightly, you burn brightly, darkness is dispelled. But when our lights are dim, when there is no flame on our altar, or no fire in us, and our lights are dim, darkness thrives. And so to be able to emerge successfully again in this year, we need light. And closely related to light is revelation. Remember the three things that I mentioned that we need to live by revelation. To be able to fully harness the power and the potential of light, to be able to be lit up, you need revealed knowledge. You need revelation. Okay? So 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of God. We all, with unveiled... Now, remember where we're coming from. We've spoken, we read scriptures that have shown us very clearly what deep darkness looks like and the impact it has on a generation. Now, for us to manifest light, for us to um, experience light, we need to have unveiled faces. That means the veil of darkness needs to be torn and lifted completely. Again, we achieve that by revelation. We achieve that by knowledge, okay? Now, moving on, expressions of darkness. Um, just a few things, reading those scriptures. Ignorance. Now, ignorance is defined as the lack of knowledge or information. Ephesians 4, 17 to 19. Let me read verse 18, actually. It says, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Let me read the preceding verse. It says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. So, minds. Remember what we said about darkness is the veiling of hearts and minds. Fertility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Back to the same analogy where if you didn't know how to walk the lights, you would stumble, you would struggle. So imagine that I had no idea what's built into press here. I would come here and I would fumble for the first few seconds. Uh, until maybe somebody comes and, and, and um, points me in the right direction. Yeah? Acts 17, 23. I'm not going to read that scripture, but here was Paul in Athens. Again, I'm showing us the impact of ignorance and darkened thinking and how it causes a veil to be put over the hearts and the minds of people. How it allows us to live in ignorance 
and how it allows darkness thrive. And so we, as children of light, must be very deliberate this year to engage light. We must be very deliberate to ensure that we have access to the knowledge that is resident in the Spirit of God. Because it must work for us. We must have access to this knowledge. We must know God for who he is, for what he says he, he, he is and can do. And we must be able to appropriate this knowledge into our situation. There are certain prayers that we are praying that we will not need to pray because we have knowledge of who we are. We understand our position and we function from the place of our position and not necessarily where you are located right now. So your situation, your current circumstance might look like not, it might not look like much, but you know who you are. PG reminded us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities. So it means that for someone this year, your battle cannot be you're praying against demons and you're praying against witches and wizards. You function from a place of authority. That is what knowledge does. And knowledge is not gleaned just by mere letters. Scripture says that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That the words that you read from the scripture, you must connect. There has to be a hard connection. A lot of us pay mental assent to the word. We pay mental assent to our relationship with God. In fact, there's a, there, there's a scripture, I don't know that I have it here, but it was something I read earlier this morning, where Paul would say to them that they know God. You know, uh, I hope I can find it here. Did I take it down? No, I didn't. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it spoke about they knew God, but they did not um, acknowledge him as God. You know, they didn't relate with him. And for me, that word, I had to go and check. So you can know God. That is, you mentally assent to the fact that God is God. He's the creator of the universe. But there is no relationship. There is no relationship. You, are you have denied the power that exists in, in, the, in the fact that God is who he says he is. You don't appropriate that power. When we don't appropriate that power, we become very weak. We become weak and incapable of actual emergence. We struggle with the things that we don't need to struggle with. We battle things that we don't need to battle. Why? Because we are lacking in knowledge. And so, why must we emerge? But before I go into that, just while meditating again on this knowledge that we need to appropriate for this year, a phrase dropped in my heart, superior knowledge. And the Holy Spirit brought two examples to me. The first example is the story of Peter and the net-breaking miracle that he had. So here was Peter after a hard day's work. Now, what is important to note here is that Peter was a seasoned fisherman. Like you and I, seasoned strategist, seasoned business owner, seasoned, give me another profession, seasoned musician, or instrumentalist, seasoned medical practitioner, seasoned legal luminary. Seasoned. So he knew his ways around the sea. Peter was not a rookie in the fishing business. Do you understand? If we had to read his CV, they, if they say they're looking for people with maybe 20 years work experience, he's there. But here he was. Haven't toiled all night with his companions and yet catching nothing. And then Jesus would borrow his boat. Afterwards, Jesus would say to him, 
cast your net on this part of the sea. And like the professional that he is, human logic against superior knowledge, against the miraculous, against the supernatural, he would say to Jesus very simply, look, we've done this. We already did this. And yet we caught nothing. Nevertheless, nonetheless, at your word, at your word. Now, there was Jesus in all of his capacity and his, his you know, who he was. Whether it was that he spoke the word and all the fishes navigated to that side of the river. Because Peter had done it before. But at the word of the master, at superior knowledge, superior information, where Jesus said, put your, this net, put it here. This is where I want you to put it. They had too much that, than they could handle. He had to call for help. The second person is David. So we've learned about David and how he was just at the back of the desert, the wilderness, trying to, you know, take care of sheep, feeling like maybe, maybe, he may not have, but maybe, feeling very underserved, feeling very unworthy of, you know, his brothers were warriors, they were at the battlefront, here he was, last born, go and take care of sheep. There's not, you, I mean, the easiest of tasks, possibly in the father's mind. This, here you'll be safe. Here there's not much happening. They just go and be there. But he was there, faithfully doing his thing. Learning skill. Never knowing what was ahead of him. Never knowing how, he, through what he was doing in the wilderness there, he was going to emerge. He had zero knowledge. All he knew to do, he did well. He did excellently well. And then we see how God would take him just by divine happenstance. He gets to go to the, field, to, to, to the battlefront and he sees this huge man threatening the children of Israel and nobody was able to face him. David in his, I mean, compare David to Goliath. We always read that scripture and we thought David was an underdog, you know, the one that well, came from the back of nowhere and became famous. But we forget the practice and the amount of time that he put into being skilled at what he was doing, being faithful at what he was doing. Now, I've not belabored that point because we've done, we've, we've dealt in there. That's not the story. Um, that's not the point in the story. The point in there is a few weeks back, I was ha having a dis discussion with a friend of mine, you know, and we're talking about the research that had recently just maybe not recently, but we just recently stumbled on it, you know, about Goliath and his generation. You know, I think they may have found a skull or something from one of his ancestors. And researchers delved into it, looked into it, and realized that there, it was... Now, again, this is research, this is science. This is not what was in the scriptures. But there, it, bear, it has a, a, a bearing that we might want to accept. But what it was was... It was shown that uh, Goliath may have had a pituitary gland disease that affected his eyesight. Yeah? That was common to giants. It's called Ako. <laughs> Sorry, I have to find the name. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, where is this name? I have to find you. 
Yes. Acromegaly. Acromegaly. Now, it is a, a vision impairment type um, disease common in giants. If you notice, that scripture said he swayed from time to side to side and he had to be held. You know, somebody had to, he had someone in front of him. And he kept saying to David, come to me. If David had, hmm, by mistake, gotten close to Goliath, maybe this testimony is not what we'll be reading today. Because, again, Goliath had been a man of war from when? His youth. He had been a soldier from his youth. He had been trained for battle from youth. So he was good. In fact, he was the best that they brought forward. But David, plus you and I, did not know about this situation. That there was a high likelihood. We just knew that David did not go close, right? He didn't go close. We knew that David did not accept the armor that Saul gave him, right? Because if he had taken on the armor, let's assume he had decided to blend in as we do in our generation. Let's assume he decided to wear that armor. You know what he would go and fight with? What? His sword. And he would have been dead meat. Because Goliath will take him out. Goliath needed proximity. He needed David to be close to him, to take him out. Hence why he kept saying, come to me. But we see the divine strategy God gave him. Again, superior knowledge. God, this, the work that he had been doing in the wilderness, it produced fruit. He could use his sling and his shot from a distance. He didn't need to go close. Goliath was not unskilled. He was very skilled. But he only, because of his height, according to research, because of his height and because of this acromegaly, that caused some sort of visual impairment for him. His pituitary glands were resting on something, something, something. I can't remember the, the plenty of science that they described. But it's something that is common to giants. So he had, there was a limitation. And the God of angel armies took advantage of that limitation. Because God is, I mean, <clears throat> I, I say this carefully, but the kingdom of God can be legalistic. And... I don't know how best to explain that word legalistic because someone here is thinking law and order. But yes, there are spiritual principles that only guard the kingdom of God. Amen? Yes. God, today is not the day for it. I'm, 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 I'm digressing and I need to stay on, on track because of time. But what we need to take out of this particular story here is the fact that David was divinely guided to the tools to use. He had been practicing for a day and preparing for an opportunity that he never knew he would have. He was emerging into limelight, came coming from obscurity, the back of the desert, into fame, simply by faithfulness, dedication, hard work, excellence, and obeying instruction. You and I need to obey instructions this year. We cannot get to that place, critical decision-making points, and we are swayed by what everybody is saying, and we forget what God has given us, which may not be popular. The armor was popular. Slingshot in a war was not popular. If it was, the other guys, if it was common knowledge, the other guys would have used it, right? The other 
uh, soldiers, instead of cowering in fear, everybody would have been firing slingshots at Goliath. But it was not common information. It was not common knowledge. Why must we emerge? God is the only person who has been in a perfect, never-changing state from the beginning. You and I need to grow. Now, we grow in age. Yeah, that's the natural human phenomenon. You are 20 today, you become 21, you become 22, you are growing in age, in numbers. But you must grow up. Please tell someone, grow up. You need to grow up spiritually. You need to grow up emotionally. You need to grow up mentally. This year, you must be very we, because this message is for me too. We must be very intentional about feeding our minds. And not feeding our minds with a lot of trash. And I say this very respectfully. Not feeding our minds with the things that are not relevant. In your industry, what, is the, what are the latest trends? A lot of us, again, are focused on just transporting in our world. There's a level of transporting we need to do that is spiritual this year. Where before it even becomes common knowledge, you have already tapped it. You've received it and you are a foreigner with it. Such that by, it's kind of like when you want to buy stocks. Some people have taken advantage of certain types of investment opportunities because they heard early. What's that thing called? Uh, um, the law of what? Is it first arrival or something? But you and I, is after everybody has cashed out, we, remember, we are hearing about it and we are jumping into it and investing in it and we don't get much yields. That can be us this year. Amen? Spiritually, we are taking advantage of the relationship we have with our Father. We are learning His secrets. We are getting mysteries into the things that matter to us and to Him. Knowledge cannot be overemphasized. We need to be knowledgeable. We need to know God and we need to know His Word. You need to know the word of God. You need to engage with the scriptures. You are not in your finished state yet. In all our facets of human existence. If there's anybody that thinks that right now I'm fully formed. True of hands. We're still evolving. And God needs for us to emerge and become more. Okay? So, I want you in your notepads, in your, in your gadgets there, just identify which areas you need to emerge. I know we've written our goals, but what are the areas the Holy Spirit right now is whispering into your ears that you need to emerge? What are those areas where you need to move from this current level and enter into your next level? What are the things that you need to be able to enter into that next level? And there are various ways. There's so many ways um, that we're emerging this year. So God wants us to move from being Ordinary, to being extraordinary, like Jabez. He wants us to move from an ordinary life to an extraordinary life. I spoke about how we just stumbled on him in verse 9, then in 1 Corinthians. Um, and we see how God responds to him. This guy, when you call Jabez, you're saying pain. So imagine, hi, my name is Dupe. Hello, Dupe. Hello, Demilade. Hello, pain. Every time he call, people call him, it's pain. Pain. Like, how can that be, even be okay? 
There's only one person I know that is bearing pain in this world. I'm sure there are more people, not P-A-Y-N-E, by the way. I don't know whether that's a funkified version of pain, but T-Pain is the only person that I can't understand. Is that even his real name? But that's the only person that I know that has pain as name. How will you be bearing pain and you will not cause pain? Of course you will cause pain and you will be in pain. So we need to evolve. We need to emerge. But Jabez was not limited by his pain, as a lot of us do. We focus on the things that are not working. We focus on our pain areas, and we forget the promises. Again, back to what I started with earlier, revealed knowledge, who we are in Christ, what the Word says we are. We are who the Word says we are. So if you don't even know who you are, then it is a problem and it's something that needs to be addressed this year. That you will sit with God, you will sit with the scriptures, and you will do a deep dive and understand who God has made you to be and his promises for your life. There is nothing that we're dealing with that there is no scriptural promise that, cannot, that has been you know, prepared for us. There is no situation, either someone's story or a promise said by God, whether it's the Logos you know, or the one that he speaks to us. We need to sit with God this year and access his promises so we can activate them in our lives. Yeah? We need to move from, God wants us to move from adversity and smallness to victories and significance like Job. He wants us to move from fear and timidity to mountain-moving faith and courage like Peter. He wants us to move from a place of failure and weakness to a place of good success and strength. He wants us to move from a place of just enough to a place of more than enough, like the widow of Zarephath. You know, she would say to Elijah, all I have left is this little flour and this oil to feed myself and my, my son so we would eat and we would just die. And he would say to her, go and do as you've said, but make something for me. This jar of flour will not end. This cruise of oil will not cease until the day that God sends rain on the earth. And it was so. God moved her by, you know, divine visitation and encounter with the prophets where she was willing to move away from her pain of just enough and sacrifice and share what she had. But she, she, she acted on information. She acted on instruction. She obeyed. And her life was permanently transformed by that experience. So that is what God is desiring for us. He wants us to move from a place of success and material wealth, where you're not just thinking about amassing, I want to be Forbes 30 on that 30, you know, I want to have a billion dollars by the time I'm 40, I want to retire, you know, and just be traveling around the world, I want to have a yacht. If that is all you are thinking about, the Holy Spirit needs to help you, because God wants you to emerge from that place of small thinking, I dare say, because that's small thinking. If everything that God is trying to do with your life. All the picture you can see is how you will hammer and blow and explode. Then God needs to do more with you. You and I need to engage revelation to understand that even when we hammer and blow, there is a purpose for the wealth. Amen? There is something. There are families to be fed. There are people to be taken care of. There are business ideas, problems to be solved that will bring us fame and influence. But that is usually not the primary focus. It is what 
and how God will be glorified through the works of our hands, through our intellect, through our creative ability. Those are the things that he's, he's desiring. So moving from a place of success and material wealth to a place of purpose and God-honoring legacy. Very important. Scripture says in Job 8, 2, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. And that is for someone here today. That in the name of the Lord Jesus, as you currently consider your small beginnings, like David, just be encouraged. Your beginnings may appear small. It may not look like much. It may not look like much. That wherever you are today, there's a next level that God is inviting you to. That he's going to take you in. Your latter end will greatly increase. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So, lastly, as I wrap up, we need to understand Based on everything we said, again, how did we start? We spoke about light, we spoke about darkness. That we are lovers of God who are on the highway of light. So it's not about my way. It is not about the way of the world. It is the highway of light, which is the path of righteousness, which is God's designed path for my life. That is how we emerge this year, okay? We don't emerge through shortcuts. We don't emerge through by cutting short the process. We don't emerge through illegitimate means. That is not how we emerge as children of light. We emerge through light. We emerge through revelation. We emerge by the help of the Holy Spirit. So it is very important that uh, one of the things we're doing this season as a church is that we'll be fasting and praying. And we start that from tomorrow for 21 days. I want to appeal and encourage everyone to be a part of it. You need this. Please tell your neighbor you need this. You need this. Except somebody has been specifically told um, by the doctors not to. Maybe you have a health condition. But you can still pray even if you can't, you know, abstain from food. You can pray. You can pray. We need to be committed to praying in this season and to fasting. And I want to just point out here that we are not um, exalting the prayer and the fast. You know, because there's a way we idolize things in our generation, and it's very interesting. We take things and we build monuments around them. That's not what this is. Primarily, it is that we are engaging with God. We are separating ourselves to commune with him, to fellowship with him. He is our agenda. God is our agenda. He's our priority. He's the one we're focusing on. So we are putting aside ourselves and we are consecrating our lives to him, to hear from him. Guess what? Fasting and prayers don't change God. Just in case you feel like, when I pray and I fast, God will move. No, that's not what happens. You and I get changed in the process. Amen. You and I are the ones that get changed in the process. So someone needs to propose that as I am engaging on this fast, this addiction, this matter that I have been dealing with for the longest time, an end is coming to it. I am changed because I am spending time with my father. Like Juicy Oyeko said, leave me at the altar with my father. That's what we're doing in these 21 days. Amen? We are gaining insight. We are drawing from the depths of Kingdom resources from the, from the wisdom that is in God. We are tapping into it and we are appropriating it into our environment, into our lives, so that we can emerge. Amen? 
All right, let us pray. Let us pray. And I just like someone here, you know, who can possibly relate with Jabez to say that prayer. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you will keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. The NIV translation says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Is there someone here who is in pain? Is there someone here who is dealing with some sort of pain? And it might not just even be physical pain. It might be emotional. It might be financial. It might be mental. What is your pain? It might be relational. Do you want to just ask God today? Father, let your hand be upon me. And free me from pain. Free me from this pain. I am emerging out of a state of confusion. I am emerging out of a state of pain. And I am entering into light. The wisdom, the knowledge that I need for this season, that I need to appropriate into my circumstance to turn things around, I declare, Father, today I receive in the name of Jesus that I know what to do. Is someone making that declaration? That I know what to do because the Spirit of God is upon me. I want us to just pray and ask for the six, you know, dimensions of the Spirit of God. Scripture says that the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So declare that the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon me, Busola. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Chineye. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Femi. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Zoe. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Zuriel. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon Folabi. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of might. The Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord will rest upon me mightily in the name of Jesus. Will someone declare that I enjoy new revelations and fresh encounters in this season, this year, every day of this year, fresh revelations, fresh revelation that I will not be lacking in, re- in revealed knowledge. I will know what to do before things happen in my industry, before it happens in my family, because I spend time with you, because I sit at your table and I feast with you, Father, I will know what to do. Again, we prayed this at the crossover service. And I just want someone here to pray that I will spend time in prayer. I will spend time fasting. I will spend time studying the word of God. Do you want to declare that? Nothing will distract me. Nothing will hinder me. Nothing will separate me from your love. I remain hungry and thirsty for your presence in this year. Every day of this year, I am thirsty for you. Every day of this year, I am hungry for you. That you will fill me with everything that is in you. You will fill me with yourself. You will fill me with your wisdom. You will fill me with understanding. You will fill me with knowledge. I don't want to be like those people that Paul referred to and say that they knew God, but yet they did not glorify him as God. They didn't honor him as God. They didn't have a deep relation. That is not me. I want to move from a place of just mental ascent, mentally assenting to who you are to a place of connection where I can call you truly Father where I am one with you that is my desire in Jesus name Amen and I want to pray for someone here today but I want to give you an opportunity if you don't know Jesus with all eyes closed and all heads bowed you don't have a relationship with him it's the start of the new year and you don't want to do life alone it is very important for you to be able to emerge you need God 
And when I say emerge, just in case you feel like, well, I'm already successful, so I really don't need God. I've not had a need for him. I say to you that there's an emptiness and a void that only he can fill. There is a joy that he wants to give to you. There is a peace that he wants to bless you with. There is that fulfillment that comes from just belonging to him. You don't have to have all the money in the world because it's not really about that. But an assurance of your tomorrow. So if that is you, with all eyes closed all around the room and online, if that is you, you want to indicate in the comment section. But if you're in the room here, may I ask that you just lift up your hand so we can recognize you, pray with you, and have um, our ministers just put in um, a card in your hand. We want to be able to support you on this journey. That's the reason why we're asking you to indicate. So if that is you, you want to rededicate your heart to Jesus. You want to start afresh with him. Maybe you used to have a vibrant relationship with him, but you don't anymore. If that is you, do you want to raise your hand and let me pray with you? All right, let's take this prayer. Dear Father, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I am lost without you. I confess my sins before you today and I receive your forgiveness. Have mercy upon me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me understand who you are. Help me walk with you. Help me trust you with my life. I submit my life at your altar today and I ask that you take over. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for everyone who has said this prayer we give you all praise we thank you father because we know there's rejoicing in heaven over this once and we commit them into your hands and to the word of your grace that is able to build them that lord you will keep these ones from falling in the name of jesus you will preserve them you will uphold them you will strengthen them you will send them help on this journey uh, the relevant information the people who will guide them and disciple them father lord we receive for them in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Do you want to put those hands together and celebrate Jesus for everyone who said that prayer and gave their hearts to him? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.